Welcome to the Family Alpha Podcast, a place where men, families, and the truth have a voice. The information shared on this podcast is meant to be applied. Now, here is your host, Zach Small, founder of thefamilyalpha.com and co-founder of thefraternityofexcellence.com. Let's get to work. Welcome back to the Family Alpha Podcast. I'm your host, Zachary Small. Today, I am joined by Big Tex of TexasDom.com. Tex is writing at the blog. He's on social media, getting after it, sharing the photos of what it is to be a man, living life on his terms. And more importantly, he is not only a speaker at the 21 convention, but a multi-speaker at the convention, speaking at the 21 convention, speaking at the 22 convention, speaking at the 21 convention, Patriarchs Edition, leading the way. And he is the chieftain of the Fraternity of Excellence, a position of admiration that we all hold in the highest regard. So with all of that, rolling out that red carpet, Tex, welcome to the podcast. See, like my entrance has got like a you know the fog you know at the concerts where they put the fog in you walk in and all that yeah happy to be here happy honored to be here absolutely honored in fact if it wasn't for you I probably wouldn't be a speaker at the uh, twenty one con over the last three years so I I appreciate your vote of confidence I'm pretty sure in the in the dark dirty dungy dusty smoky back rooms where these negotiations take place on Anthony and his speakers I'm pretty sure. I uh, had you in there lobbying for me. So uh, I do appreciate that all those years ago, because it's been one of the most rewarding experiences of the last uh, four or five years of my life. And, and I've had some pretty damn good things happen to me. So this it's is been incredible as somebody, I don't want to say on the sidelines, because I've been a part of it with you, but somebody, uh, let's say somebody in the arena with you, it's been awesome, you know, to be somebody to watch over the years, the changes you've made. And actually that's what we're going to be talking about today. You know, how you got to where you are, you know, you're older than myself. You, you, you have life lessons I've yet to live. You've gone through many things that I'm looking forward to experiencing. But when I see you, it's, there's a sense of motivation. I'm 33. I believe you're 59. 59. All right. Yep, so close. you're 26 years older than myself. And I, I've shared openly, you know, I take that on as a mentorship role. You know, I've been looking at what you're doing. You've offered a lot of advice behind the scenes. A lot of things you're not going to get ever get credit for, you know, that I was able to do is because of conversations you and I have had. But I always try to kick it, like let you get, let the people know, the good people know, you know, Tex is definitely leading the way when it comes to sharing experience and trying to help others get out of that hole. You know, we talk about throwing ropes. I view you to be one of the, the leaders in that faction of getting people out and getting them moving forward. And recently, there was a gray wave tweet talking about all the old guys getting after it. Can we talk about that? Because I think that'll segue really well into our topic of discussion, which is on how to age properly, how to age like a man, how to age with strength. For the younger guys, how we can be proactive, and the older guys, how they can course correct. So, text. Yeah, Billy Redhorse. Yeah, Billy Redhorse put up a post about uh, getting after it uh, as as you get to be old. He he has a lot of great uh, hashtag gray wave stuff that he puts up there. I think personally, he just wanted to show a bunch of guys with no hair and him with all that magnificent hair that he still has. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was the the goal behind the whole tweet. But uh, in all seriousness, uh, yeah, I was honored to be up. He, he took one of my. Uh, uh, a pic that I'd posted uh, recently where I, was, I had some dumbbells in my hand or whatever and uh total vanity pick, right? Just just fucking showing off some guns and shit. Right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he put that up there with a couple other guys who I'm honored. It's an, I'm honored to be in that group. That's a group of some, some, some total badasses. And I'm, I'm real honored to be part of that, but it just goes to show you that, uh, you know, there's a lot of men out there that have not given up. They get close to 60 and, 
most are just like counting the days to retirement, watching their 401k balances, freaking out when the stock market freaks out, you know, counting down, man. It's like uh, waiting to die. And I don't know, man, death's going to hit at some point for all of us, but uh, I'm not waiting for it. I'm just going to, you know, enjoy things until it happens. Because hopefully it's going to be unexpected me in bed, you know, basically uh, having, what do you call it, nocturnal exercises there and, and go out in one massive heart attack or something. That's kind of my my plan. We'll see if it happens. <laughs> well, now we know how you're going to die. Let's talk about how you've been living. What <laughs> What is the gray wave? And in that photo, why were you selected? Why are you a man who is included in this group? What is it you're doing? Why are you being recognized? I don't know, man. Um, gray wave. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I think chief Chuck and, and Billy started this thing. So talking about older guys trying to give advice, trying to, to, to shepherd younger men into, you know, the future where we're going. And I think it's an it's a incumbent upon every man once he hits his fifties and sixties to try to pass on even his forties, pass on some dollars to younger guys. I mean, there's plenty of young men that didn't have dads or their dads sucked or their dads were absent or their dads just mailed it in. Um, and a lot of us are, are, are viewed as like surrogate dads. Uh, George Bruno's another one like that. Um, and you get these comments from guys and it's, it's weird at first. You're like, Hey man, you're like the dad I didn't, I don't have, you know, or, you know, appreciate the fatherly advice kind of thing. And you go, Hmm, maybe that's my role here. Maybe that's where, that's what I'm supposed to be doing here. And, you know, I don't think any of us have more than 10,000 followers on Twitter. I think Billy's probably got way more than the rest of us because he, he posts some really great stuff, but it's just one of those things that, you know, we're not like super popular type of stuff, but we're just trying to help out where we can and, and do what we can, you know, to, to contribute and go for it. And how I got in, in, in a lot of this, I mean, I got, I don't know, man, it's just like, and I used to be a total fat, fat ass, you know, and been trying not to curse so much and it's it's really a, a difficult habit to break um but you and me both brother yeah man uh, but yeah just going from being really 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 overweight and miserable and depressed and and lonely in my own marriage and everything else that hit me all those years ago and I, you know, I had a near-death experience that brought me to the brink of uh you know basically god gave me a, just a giant bitch slap across the face and it woke me up and I kind of red pilled myself at that point. So I want to bring it back a little bit. So first, actually, I had to fact check you. Just so you know, PD Mangan is also in the gray wave and he has over 100,000 followers. Oh, so you got some big guns in there. That's oh, excuse me. I, I, I disrespected the Mangan <laughs> man. I, I did not mean to do that because he, he is he's on fire. He broke six digits. So you're in you're in that caliber of men getting after it. PD Mangan, honestly, when I first started, he was the only one who was talking about how to age how to, how to, you know, keep your youth, that energy level, you know, into older age. And then now you're on par with him and he's, and him and you are going back and forth and you guys are all getting after it. So that's an incredible thing to see from my end is how this is your population of jacked older gentlemen. That's growing. And, and to that tweet, all those people that were jumping in the comments, can we talk about that? It was encouraging, right? Cause I always think, I mean, I must be in like the top one or 2% of guys that are 60 and uh, then there's guys that are 70 and 65. They're hopping in and going, hey, what about me? I'm, I'm a member of the club. And they're posting these selfies where they're all jacked, jacked and everything. And, and it's like, yeah, man, bring it on. Yeah, I want to see 50 of you guys posting photos and, and, and stepping up and saying, hey, I'm part of this deal, too, because it's encouraging. 
I want every guy that's in his fifties to try to reach for his best. Cause you know, you, you think your best years are behind you, but now nah, man, with the lifespans these days, modern medicine, you know, you're going to outlive your money. That's probably one thing you got to worry about. But other than that, I mean, you need, you need to outlive your, your health. You need to really, uh, it makes sense. You need to, you need to, what do you say? It's not going to make you live longer, but the road to the end might be a little less bumpy, right? Cause you see people, they get frail, they get, they get, they lose muscle mass, they get sick and they die. They fall down, they break a hip and they're dead because they don't move. They don't get out they don't do things. And so, um, I have no idea where, but yeah, a bunch of guys go bring it all back. A bunch of guys did jump into that post and I hope they keep doing it. I hope they keep, keep jumping in because I, I it just encourages me to keep going further and further. You know, you know, the, there's a quote that stands out and I'll never forget it. And unfortunately I can't remember who said it, but it was an older gentleman and he shared that the worst day of his life was the day he realized that nobody was scared of him anymore. You know, young men weren't scared of him. He didn't have that, that power. He didn't have that masculine presence anymore. And it's just because of age, you know, and, and how are you finding a way to keep that going? I mean, I, I've seen the photos. You're, 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 you're seeing muscles where there weren't muscles. Fat's yeah. gone where fat used to be. You're, you're getting better. <laughs> it's weird. We looked at, uh, I want to say 2018, 21 con photos. And then you shared uh, this year's at the, the 21 convention patriarchs down in Orlando 2020. And you, you freaking like Benjamin buttoned it. <laughs> you you aged backwards. You know, you're looking yeah. better. You're looking leaner. I was talking some smack about having good posture because my grandmother used to smack me if I slouched and you shared your photo and you're just as erect, you know, shoulders back, eyes forward. It's incredible to see. You mentioned something earlier though. And I kind of want to bring this back to young techs. You said men were messaging you with messages or comments like, thank you for the fatherly message. Or you mentioned not having a father to to pass those lessons. Is this something you've always had? Did you have a present father? You know, was he instilling this in you in your youth? How how was your youth? I'm trying to build up to where you're at now and what that journey looked like. Most of us think our dad was total badass, right? Most of us think, well, at least in my, at least in my era, you know, I respected the living daylights out of my dad. My dad was John Wayne man, and all you know, total total John Wayne guy. Um, he, uh, for part of his life, he was a sheriff's deputy in Galveston County. And, you know, he just, he just was a manly guy. He just, he just exuded masculinity and was always had a projects going on Saturdays, building stuff, you know, tinkering with ham, you know, soldering up ham radios and things like that. And just, he just always had something going. And so we were hunting and fishing. And I mean, so we would, my greatest memories of, of dad, a lot of times were that we would skip church on Sunday mornings because, you know, after a while you're a kid, you get sick of going to church every single Sunday. Well, dad had a plan. Dad would take me fishing Sunday mornings and we'd get in a little, little tiny boat and we'd go hopping out in Galveston Bay and go fishing. And as a young man questioning Christianity and questioning what we were doing and all that, I just said, my dad basically explained to me that uh, I can get as close to God here out on the water catching fish that I can sitting in church in those pews with a lot of people that only, only are Christians when they sit in those pews on Sundays, you know? so that kind of went back. So that, that's kind of how I, I viewed, it. I had a strong father. My problem is my father died, man, when I was in my early thirties and uh, I was devastated because he was, we didn't have the internet, man. We didn't have, we didn't have all the resources that are out there. You know, I didn't have a mentor basically in life except for him. And I never had developed any sort of relationships with other men other than maybe my dad's best friend at the time or, or an uncle that was, you know, three states away kind of thing. But so I really didn't have anybody. 
and then when he passed, man, it was it was uh, it was rough, and uh, and and I was lost, you know. And that's I think probably what led me to drinking a lot, eating a lot, not giving a shit. You know, I didn't. I did, I love to play guitar, right? I didn't pick up my guitar for like ten years after my dad died. The last time I played guitar was in his hospital room, uh, playing some old Simon Garfunkel stuff that he really loved as he was dying. Right. And, uh, I'll get all choked up here. Um, couldn't pick the guitar up again for like 10 years, put it in the closet, just one guitar at the time, just put it in the closet. Now I got like fucking 10 of them on the wall and I got back into it. Um, uh, but you know, you, 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 these life events hit and they devastate you. And if you don't have anybody to reach out to and you don't have anybody to talk to, who are you going to talk to? preacher hardly even went to church back then at that point you know we'd gotten away from that um and most preachers are so effeminate and are so social justice warrior woke these days they're they're really hard there's a few of them still good ones still out there but uh i mean what do you do who do you talk to where do you go and luckily we have the internet I mean, the internet's been a, a, an absolute curse in some regards um but it's also been the, the blessing i talked about the other day it's like i got the uh I got the Library of Alexandria in my pocket. Are you kidding? But I have also this community out there now. I have men I can reach out to. And there's guys that I can bounce stuff off of and get advice from. And PD was one of those guys. Mangan was one of those guys early on. He was um, he was like one of the first guys that I actually direct messaged on Twitter because he was all about the health stuff. And I was trying to get myself squared away. And I think his first book I bought was Muscle Up or something along those lines. And, and uh, like I said, and the dude was just always willing to come back with a quick answer. Uh, always open, didn't, didn't mind, you know, I, you know, I'd send him some stupid questions or whatever. And he would answer me right back type of thing, you know? And, and um, you know, last, last time I got my, some blood work back a while back, I'm like, dude, you're not going to believe this. And I sent him, a, I just screenshotted my blood work and sent it, sent it to him. He was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's like you're on it i'm like yeah dude you know and you're one of the reasons why i'm on it so you know i got to give i got to give credit where credit's due and then you know last year the story goes you know we got invited i'm, I'm all over the map here this morning but uh the story so you know, i wanted you together. on man i enjoy dude, your I'm, style I'm, of speaking you're you're everywhere and that's what i want <laughs> you're 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 caffeinated <laughs> ready to go motivated i dig it let it let it roll man let it let it rip you know it's it's a needed message because there are a lot more who can relate to exactly your story than I think you give any, the, whatever number you pick is 10 times that number. People are in the shadows watching. So just let it go. We got together uh, October a year ago, November a year ago at 21Con. Uh, you, me, Phil, and Cooper Jackson, we got together. We were sitting there. Actually, y'all were talking about this, and I just boned my way on into it, the conversation. Yeah, we were trying to get away from you. You just kept showing up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like a fucking COVID. I'm like a walking COVID man. I'm spreading myself everywhere. But uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, uh, y'all were talking about getting into a workout program. Phil had been developing and is developed, has developed a solid freaking food and lifestyle plan to get people jacked and get people metabolically healthy. And uh, y'all were talking about that. And I walked up and I mean, I want in. I went into this, like a little, little beta test program, just, just to see it would work on different. And he's like, he's got you, and he's got him, Coop. And I'm like, dude, you want, you, you got to get an old guy. You got to get your data set. It's got to expand. You got to have an old fat guy up here, you know, to where, you know, you can at least uh, see how it's going to work for him. And so that was another, that was another major, major, major turning point was a year ago. And we were sitting there at 21 con talking about, this is going to be brutal. 
uh, so some people that are listening to this, if you're on stage talking about masculinity and talking about health and talking about all these other things, you need to look the role. Period. You need to look the role. And you need, and I'm not cutting anybody down, but I'm saying if you're not improving and you're not, if you're talking about self-improvement and you're not improving, why would I listen to you? And I want people to listen to what I have to say, because I think I have something powerful that I, that I want to try to pass on. And they're not going to listen to me if I look the same or worse every year that I get up there. And yeah, you can blame it on aging, but you know, exercise and diet are reverse aging. I'm looking better now than I did a year ago. And I'm looking young. That's the first thing Bruno said to me is, my God, dude, you look younger. Yeah, my clothes fit and, you know, and a, and a lot of this face fat fell off, you know, and that kind of stuff. And and I don't know what it is, but it's it's just the fountain of youth, man. And And people, those guys in that thread have discovered it today, the thread from last night. Those guys have figured out the secret. And there's a lot of guys figuring out the secret and the, and, and the real secret behind the secret. Don't wait till you're 50. Why are you waiting till you're 50? You're 30. My God, you got more testosterone than you're ever going to have in your life right now. You're 25, 30. And even though we're testosterone's plummeting and we are all talking about that, now's the time to get after it. You don't learn to play golf when you're 45. You want to be a good golfer when you're 50 or 60. You start when you're 16 or 14 or 12. You start swinging the sticks because if you try to wait till you're 30, you're going to suck your entire life. You're going to spend a lot of money on clubs and lessons, and then you're going to quit in 10 years because it's like the most frustrating thing you're ever going to do. You're going to go out there and kill yourself for one great shot. And you spent six hours on a Sunday, you know, sitting in a golf cart waiting for four fat asses to get off the green ahead of you. So you could keep playing. Um, start with now. Don't wait. If you're waiting, what are you waiting on, man? You know, COVID hit. If you didn't improve during COVID, what the heck's wrong? Why didn't you improve during COVID? You should have. God knows you had time, you know. This is, I think this is where a majority of the men find themselves. The the ones who are 30 are saying, well, I didn't start when I was 14. And the ones who are 50 are saying, well, I didn't start when I was 30. And everybody's looking at why they can't start now because they hadn't started then. Therefore, it's not worth it or the effort. So they're not going to get the results. Have you always been a jack dude rolling through life? No. I mean, you spoke about the passing of your father. You spoke about turning to food and drink. Where did that send you? Because I think there's, there's a gap between that guy and then the 2018 and then the 2020. And I really want to focus, like, I think people see you now. And just like people do, you've always been this way. No, it wasn't, no, you don't get fat, it because it wasn't hard for you. You, you. you didn't have to go through what I went through. You know, I was obese. You weren't. I was, you know, struggling. You weren't. I've got relationship issues. You didn't. You know, I've, and then list, 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 list. I hear it with my peers at 30. I'm 33. I hear it with people at under my age. So with yours, that's an extra time for them to add excuses. What do you say to those people who are saying, no, you don't get it. I, you weren't there. Yeah, I don't know what your excuses define you. I mean, hell, when I was, I was 6'4 in 10th grade. I think I weighed, I think I weighed what I weigh now, 225 when I was in 10th grade. And um, coaches were, you know, football coaches were all over me and stuff, but I had no strength, man. I had no muscle mass because they had totally lied to us about the food pyramid and what we're supposed to eat. And I was trying to, and I was trying to, I was always a chunky kid, right? You know, when you go to the jeans section at JC Penney's in the 1970s and 60s, you don't buy the fat clothes, you buy the husky clothes. That's what they call them, right? So when I finally started getting into my own, getting into sports and all that, but I didn't have any strength. It's what um, I think AJ would call it uh, skinny fat, right? It's like, you know, you're, 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 you're not, 
I always had, I always had a lot of fat, right? I didn't have any muscle mass. So I always looked bigger than I really was. And I was weak and the coaches knew it. And the coaches didn't know how to, first of all, they didn't know how to weight train back then. No way. They were teaching us to do things in the weight room that right now, no wonder I have a screwed up low back. And my son who went through football, you know, 30 year, 20 years after I did was getting unbelievably good weight and strength training coaching um, from his guys. He has some of the best coaches in high school that I've ever met. I mean, these are good, solid men. He got the training. In fact, when it came time in November last year to start working out again, he went to the gym with me to make sure I could learn how to do, I could lift properly because Phil had given me all these exercises that I didn't understand. And uh, so I had that. So I always had that. And then I was always just that big guy. I was a bouncer in a bar and around security at rock concerts and stuff. And I just intimidated by size. And like I said, I was, I wasn't overly obese or anything. Um, probably until I went into that deep depression after dad died. And I just ballooned up to like 330 pounds. I mean, I was a pig and uh, I couldn't understand why my wife didn't want to be with me or not that she didn't want to be with me, but didn't want to be with me. We'll keep this PG 13. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, man, it's just like, it's no, this, this doesn't. And I, I just, I ain't that great. You know, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not sitting here tooting my own horn. You can do it too. I mean, anybody can do it. You're doing it right now, Zach. I mean, you're, you're part of that program. You've been, I saw you a couple of, you know, a month ago in Orlando and you're, you're considerably in better shape than you were a year ago and it shows. And so every, everybody, and and that's the other thing, the attendees in Orlando, the guys that I've seen come back for the last three years, they're in better shape. Almost every single one of them has been better shape and, and working hard on themselves. You know, so it's not, I'm not that special. It's just that I decided I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I said, let's do something about it. And I had, luckily I had the four of you guys, one, two, three, yeah, us four, um, the four of us on a text message chain every freaking day, providing encouragement and not, none of us wanting to be the weakest link. And uh, I think that had a lot to do with it was the interaction every single day. So you got to find someone that's, that's, wanting this kind of stuff as bad as you and you got to stay in contact with them. That's probably where the, that's probably where the fraternity of excellence is, is, is so badass is because everybody in there is trying, is trying for the same thing. We're, we're all at different levels and different stages. And this guy might be super, 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 super great on finance, but his, his physical stuff is not so good. Or his, his marriage might be way down here, you know, and, and, but his, you know, his physical shape is way up here or whatever it is. And so, um, that's that motivating, that accountability, having those, those brothers behind you to where if you say, Hey, I'm doing this. And then somebody asks you three days later, how did that go? And you're like, uh, you know, you don't want to let those guys down. You don't want, you need, you need to have that in your life, whether it's FOE, uh, there's other groups, there's lemon order, there's uh, Ryan's order of man. Uh, AJ Cortez has got his group now. I mean, uh, Elliot Hulse is forming a group. I mean, everybody now is realizing the future is private networks and uh, fraternity of excellence was probably one of the absolute first. Um, and it shows, I mean, we've been around, we've been doing this for what, three years now. And, uh, and we're killing it. Everybody in there is killing it. And here's the thing, right? Weakness falls away. And if you're not killing it, man, you just leave. You just, you can't, you can't be around it. You just quit coming at you quit showing up. And that's okay. Go, you know, come back when you're ready. So. I recently shared that accountability is a hell of a drug. And it was running on that exact theme. You know, having someone to turn to, having someone to ask the question that you don't want asked. Hey, why do you look so fat? Hey, why are your clothes getting tighter? You know, 
when it comes to other things outside fitness, hey, why are you still poor? How come you and your wife, you know, are still at each other's throats? Why don't your kids like you? Having somebody that can ask you those questions is a rarity because everybody's it's it's not PC. It's just off limits. Friends don't ask you about your sex life and your marriage. Friends don't say, hey, I don't like the way you're parenting. It's just it's one of those taboo subjects like politics and religion. You don't talk about it, right? You know, I think that is is detrimental to the optimal development of men. I think it's a detriment that men don't have men that can ask those questions that they can turn to. And you, you brought up accountability multiple times in that. When I met you, you weren't at your worst. You, you were, I would say average. You were, you were just the average guy that was out there. And then after getting with the group and moving forward with the, the foster program and all that, you know, that's, I'm looking at you now and you can see the curves. You can see curves where there weren't curves and muscles where there weren't muscles. It's first a good look. 30, I'm going to interrupt you. First 31 DTM. 31, 31 Days to Masculinity is a program that uh, the old Hunter Drew, who is now dead, Zach Small, put together. <laughs> um, and it was a seat-of-his-pants program in March of 2017. Part of that was doing 100 push-ups every day. I couldn't do 10 push-ups in a row. I, had, I could barely do 10, and they were shit form, and I was probably had my ass up in the air the whole time trying, trying to get them done. And by the end of that month, I was able to knock out sets of 25 with no, no real big issues. And, you know, that's where I was then I was, I had lost some weight, but I still didn't have any muscle mass. Right. I couldn't do more than about 10 pushups. I think my max at the time was maybe 11 or 12 and I was dying. I got to the point where I was doing girl pushups on my knees, trying to finish out the hundred and, but you know what? I got them done. So, you know, I did small sets, you know, I tell guys, I can't do a hundred pushups. Sure. You can do, do one every, every five minutes all day long. You'll get them done, you know, to do two, whatever. So, yeah. I interrupted you. Sorry. It's all good. Coffee. <laughs> no, I dig it. And 31 DTM has changed thousands of lives and I'm, I'm glad it impacted yours. Where I was going with that though, is when we started connecting, working together, that brought you from average to above average to what you're pursuing now, which is that top 1%. How did you go? Because I didn't know you during these before photos. And, and I've never really truly heard the story from you. How did you go from obese? I mean, you were, you were obese to a beast. That gap between being big in your marriage, I'm talking the orange shirt big, you know, the, the before photos you showed at 21 Con that yeah. a lot of us hadn't seen. Yeah. We can't believe it's you. How did you go from that guy to 2018 you, which wasn't your best, but it was far no. from that dude. What, what did that look like? Because yeah. there are a lot of men, again, who are there. They're fat right now. They're obese right now. They're in the loop of comfort right now. And Corona just made it worse. And they're like, I'm done. I'm listening to this podcast. This guy's 59. I'm 30, whatever, you know, or even now I'm 60. And if he can do it, I can do it. How did you start that process? Because you were freaking huge, dude. You were big. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I still have a hard time believing that was you. We go back, I'm going to send you a photo, go back and edit this. And right about now, pop that photo up for a couple of seconds, let everybody have a good chuckle. And then we go back to this podcast. Um, in all seriousness, um, I was in a really bad place in my marriage. And the reality of it hit me that I, this, is, this is not a reason. Maybe it is. Um, I was going to be single again. It was coming. And... I sort of self red pill. I didn't know what a red pill was. I didn't know what any of this stuff was at all. And, uh, I just, I looked in the mirror and I'm like, man, you're going to be, you're going to be, it's bad enough. You're going to be divorced. You're never going to get laid again, man. 
you know, it's bad enough. Now you're only getting laid, you know, once, once every other month or two, maybe three in a starfish section, you almost have to beg for it. Right. Um, you know, when are you going to be a man? When are you going to, what would your dad think about this? And, and, and literally had that moment standing there naked in front of a mirror going, you're going to fix this. This is not going to work. So, you know, they always say, don't, don't seek your validation through other women, through women or other people or whatever. But I was, I was, I was just looking at the reality of the picture and I said, okay, I've got to fix me. I'm broke. And, uh, I can't expect her to fix me. I can't expect her to, um, respect me when I clearly don't respect myself. And that was the change. That was, that was the spark. And then I went on a cruise ship. We used to, we used to hate cruises, right? And then um, one of my first one, and my God, there's half naked women by the pool. They're drunk. There's booze everywhere. There's gambling. Man, I like cruises. We've been on like 10 or 11 of them now, right over the years. And not since COVID. Probably never go on another one after COVID, but my wife's such a germaphobe. But um, to make a long story as long as possible, I went to, uh, I, my brother-in-law had been doing some P90X and he was a fat fuck too. And he was doing P90X and he shows up on the cruise ship considerably trimmer and healthier than I'd ever seen him. And we hadn't been, we hadn't been around each other for a while. And he was one of my best friends. We talk on the phone all the time, but I, I didn't realize. And when I saw it, I went, I want what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing, but I'm on it. And next thing you know, I'm ordering the DVDs from Tony Horton, Beachbody P90X. And that was, that was the beginning of my fitness program. And they have a thing called Beachbody Coaches. And I didn't, I didn't realize at first, but one of these guys, I was posting on one of their beach body forms. And one of the guy reaches out and said, Hey, if you need a coach, I'm happy to help you out and blah, blah, blah. And that guy kind of helped me stay sort of an accountability thing. And, and, you know, there's, a, I, I kind of signed up under him. So there was sort of some, you know, any, any future stuff that I bought and supplements and stuff. He got, you know, got a piece of it. That's okay. Cause the guy was giving me his time. So I was given back by using him to help, you know, purchase some products here and there and other programs later and that kind of thing. And he's, he's a good dude. And I, and I appreciate what he did for me at the time because he kept encouraging me. He kept telling me, you got this. You got this. This is something that you can do. Everybody else has been able to do it. You're not that special. You can do it too. And he called me out on some bullshit. And that's how the whole thing got rolling. And uh, after a, a couple of rounds of that, which was, you know, through 90 days, three, three months worth, after two rounds of that, I started seeing daylight. And then maybe about, we got the marriage fixed and working right and really starting to fire on all cylinders. And, you know, my son's a big, big gnarly dude, you know, and he's football player type, college football and all this stuff. And she looks, she goes, you know, your shoulders kind of slope down. She goes, I can't find shirts that fit you right. You know, your shoulders kind of slope. You know, our son's, I don't mention his name, but our, our, our son fits. His shoulders are like wide and, and big and that kind of thing. And she goes, you got big shoulders. She goes, but they just slope down. You, your shirts aren't fitting you right. We've got to figure something out. And this light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, man, you're just not doing any weights. You're not doing any upper body stuff anymore. You, you got off the program. You're not you need to start concentrating on your shoulders and your back and your arms. And you need to start working those things because your girl's telling you that you look weak. She's being kind about it. You know, she's not doing it on purpose. She doesn't even know what she's doing. She's just commenting that the, the shirts don't fit right. They don't look as good on you as they should type of thing. And that was a, that was kind of a little round three or four of a wake up call going, okay, then I need to change that. I need to make sure that I fill my shirts out and that I've, that I've got some decent arms on me. 
And what was funny part was, you know, she was always like, oh, I don't like the muscle builder guys. I don't really like the bodybuilding guys. That's just not my thing, you know? And then, then all of a sudden my arms start getting bigger and my shoulders start getting bigger and, you know, she's rubbing on them and she'll walk by and grab my bicep or in bed or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. So really she was just being kind, you know, she really does dig that kind of stuff. She does, she does want her man to look like he can candle himself, like he can be dangerous, like he can at least ward off the bad guys, you know, until, you know, until help can come kind of thing. I think that highlights one of the biggest lies men have been sold. You know, there's always this, this message. Women love the dad bod. You know, they don't care about big muscles. I, I am saying it now. No woman would prefer a weak and soft and fat man over a strong and capable and hard man. Not one woman would prefer that. Well, they might accept to- it because they have it. Sure, they've got this guy locked down. But if you could swap him and just snap your finger, she would take the other guy. She would take you that's healthy, strong, and jacked over you that's soft and fat and comfortable. Unless she wants to dominate the relationship. Unless unless she's so used to being in charge that she likes you weak and she likes you frail and she likes you submissive because society has taught her that you go girl, that women, you know, women can do the work of 10 men. You know, and they, they've gotten sold into that line. They're miserable, but they don't know any way out of that either. And they like their men weak. They like the dad bod. The dad bod's not threatening. The dad bod shows her shows her girlfriends that she's in control. I think is what. It do you is. think that's Do you think that's what plagues a lot of these guys who are stuck that that can't get started? They get married, they get comfortable, and they can't mm-hmm. snap out of it. Because why? Dads are supposed to be like this. It's called the dad bod for a reason. You know, you're soft, you're comfortable. Why do you need to try once you've got the girl? People take the foot off the gas, right? But I think the, the from, from the women's standpoint, I don't know, man. It's um, Everybody gets lazy. Everybody gets comfortable. Everybody takes the foot off the gas and they get into a routine and they become parents and not spouses anymore. Um, I don't know what it is. It's like the whole fat acceptance thing. You know, the average size of a woman's dress used to be a eight, right? Or a six, you know, now it's a 16. And so all those women that are, you know, wearing size 16, 18, 20 dresses are now trying to convince the rest of the world that that's the new normal, that it's okay. It makes them feel better. And now their girlfriends pat them on the back and tell them, oh, you're so beautiful. You're just beautiful the way you are and all that. No, they're not. I mean, they're, they, they need to try a little harder, you know, and, and it makes it easier on them if their husband's fat and they're, and they're cranking out the cookies and the cakes on the weekends and continuing to feed the sugar addiction in the marriage as well. And one of the cool things I'm seeing lately is I'm seeing people that are overweight in their thirties who are, or even maybe they're not even trying to work on themselves as much, but they're really working hard not to let their kids get fat. And I've seen that a lot. And I respect that, you know, at least don't damage the next generation. If you can't get your shit together, you know, but it's hard to, hard to tell the kids to go outside and exercise when you're sitting on the couch, watching football all day on Sunday and drinking beers, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a disconnect there. Kind of like the whole, you know, speaker needs to live the message and look the message. Uh, I think as parents, we do the same thing, but yeah, the dad bods become socially acceptable because so many people have them. 
Oh yeah, that's the new dad bod because eighty-seven. Okay, I'll I'll be kind. Sixty-five to seventy percent of American men have the dad bod now. You know that's a very, very, very low yeah, guess. We're looking at like eighty-five, ninety. It's kinder, <laughs> gentler text, man. You know me. Look, welcome back to the Family Alpha podcast. <laughs> this is not for a safe space for anybody. So I'm I'm curious with the gray wave. Do you think that someone who who was extremely heavy and got their shit together when they were older? has ground to stand on when they're telling the guys younger, Hey, you should get your shit together when they didn't have it together. Isn't that a little bit hypocritical? You know, I can get fat now and I'll just be jacked on my grandfather. I don't need to be a jacked father. No, our job is to point out the potholes that we stepped in. That's our job. That's what gray wave is all about, man. It's not that we're so freaking awesome and that, you know, we're, we're what you, what you should be when you're 60 or 70 or whatever. It's not that. It's just like, look, man, I stepped in every single one of these potholes and I didn't have anybody to talk to about it. So I'm telling you, you're going to face this, this, and this, and this. And that was my talk at 21 Con Patriarchy this year. If I go back 30 years and tell myself all the potholes that I'm going to step in, would I do it and how would I do it? And I would have a brutal, hard, face-to-face conversation with myself and say, you are going to screw up bad, but you don't have to. You don't have to go down this road. This is a hard path to travel. It leads to frustration. It leads to depression. It leads to suicides. It leads to all sorts of things. You don't have to go there. Um, the choice is yours. Make it now because it's a lot easier to dial it in at 30 than it is to dial it in at 60. Because well, for a while, I mean, you don't respond as well to exercise. You know, your hormones are all jacked up by the time you're 60. Um, you lose all those advantages of youth and recovery. Uh, you know, you're fat at 60 and you, and you lose this weight, but you still got all this skin hanging, you know, and you got all this skin hanging around your belly and stuff because, you know, you stretch your skin out for 20 years. <laughs> I know it sounds gross. It is kind of, you know, you pull your shirt off and you think you're, you think you're all that. And you pull your shirt off and, you know, your ass looks like a Sharpay, you know, and you go, okay, well, that ain't good. You know, make sure I don't, I don't show my ass to anybody. My, my wife thinks it's cute, but you know, she's just being nice again. What are you going to do? Have skin surgery where they go in there and slice off chunks of skin? No, <laughs> not me. You know, that's, that sounds painful as hell. I've been through enough pain in my life, but uh, that's my thing. Yeah. Is it hypocritical? I don't know. I don't think so. I'm just telling you, look, don't be me. That's my message. Don't do what I did. If you do, you're going to be miserable and you don't have to be. If you just listen to what I'm trying to tell you, don't do what I did because I'm telling you it was a road to ruin and we don't have to all walk that same road to ruin. And the sooner you get off the path, the sooner your course correct, uh, the faster you're back on course. Anybody that's ever driven a boat, you know, and you're, you're trying to go to point A to point B and you get off course a little bit early on. If you stay off course, you're going to end up hundreds of miles off eventually. But the, the quicker you course correct and get back on your point, uh, you get the compass heading in the right direction again, you you just save so much time and energy and you get there faster. So yeah, I guess I don't think it's hypocritical. I, I just think it's, I mean, if it was hypocritical, if I sat there and go, man, you gotta be just like me. No, you don't. You don't want to be like me. I made too many mistakes, man. Don't do that. Don't be that guy. That's my message. That's that's, I don't think that's hypocritical at all. I just like, don't fuck up. I dig it. And that actually segues well into the final topic I wanted to hit on. And that is, we done? we're we done? talking about, we're, yeah, I've got, I've got to go meet a couple FOE guys in like an hour, man. So we talked a lot about what men shouldn't do. 
what should men do that you've started doing? They've heard this and they're like, all right, Tex, I'm ready to make a change. What were the big changes? Did you go carnivore? Did you go weighing out your meals? Did, is there certain supplements that really made a difference? You know, we, we spoke about Phil's program. I'll drop yeah. a link to Phil Foster's account. Hit him up if you want to work up with him or touch base, see what we can get going there. But for you, what was it that started making the lasting impact? Not just P90X. I'm talking like lifestyle yeah. changes. Um, as far as food and stuff goes, is that maybe all of it? You, you mentioned you know, carnivore. Food, uh, I think I think getting style, into nutrition. I, I think what helped me initially really really jump the shark was intermittent fasting. And I know that metabolically it can, it can, there's a lot of guys that say it screw you up and this, that, and the other. And it's probably not a, a long-term solution for me. Uh, I like to eat, but I, you know, um, oh, this guy, Jay, Jay Campbell had a, had a guide out and, and Dennis had Mangan had a guide out on intermittent fasting and I read them both and I started doing it. And that was when I think the, uh, initially I, I had the, I had the biggest, change or I had I had the I had the greatest effect early on yeah there you go man the, the metabolic blowtorch diet uh, that one was a game changer as far as getting started and then what happened is that eventually I, I hit a plateau with intermittent fasting and so I, I think I've heard other guys tell me the same thing you get the, you get this initial really you could really drop some pounds fast but you're probably going to drop some muscle mass along the way you know, if you're not working out, you're not, you're not fueling your body. So, um, if your goal is to get rid of fat immediately, the first thing you want to do, I think is just to get into intermittent fasting and read the guides. And, you know, not only just Jay's book, talk about the blowtorch book, talk about, uh, intermittent fasting he also talks about food plan too. There's a food plan in there, how to eat on your days off. And when you, you don't want to, for me, it wasn't every day I was doing like in October, we did a, we did a, um, I did a, like a, my personal round of 31 DTM October, 2018, and just did it by myself. And one part of that was doing intermittent fasting every other day for 20 hours. And I, I made it for three weeks. And finally I was so weak. I reached out to Jay and he was like, dude, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta eat, man. You're not eating enough. You know, you're not you're, the days off where you're not fasting. You're not eating enough and you're killing yourself. And he said, you need to, you need to back off maybe every third day do IF and start eating some more and, and you, you won't feel weak anymore. That was the biggest start right there. And then after a while realizing that, you know, everybody demonizes carbohydrates and rightly so for most of America, because they're eating shit carbohydrates or, you know, ding dongs and crap like that. Um, sugars, that kind of thing, but realizing that there are good carbohydrates out there. And that was one of the things that, that Phil kind of opened my eyes to was um, there's good carbohydrates and there's certain times of the day, based on what time you're working out that you should eat them. Um, and that was the, I don't know what he calls it. Um, macro timing. I think you got to talk to Phil about this. That's his deal. Um, but it works, you know, so you, you got to evolve, right? You can't just be so married to one religion that I'm going to do intermittent fasting the rest of my life. You know, I think that once I, once I get to where I really want to be and I'm not there yet, I'm really not there. I need to, I want to get down to 12% body fat and I'm not there yet. Um, but once I get there, I think intermittent fasting 20 hours, one day a week is part of my future. I think there's so many other health benefits besides just losing fat to that. Um, but right now that won't get me to 12% body fat. I'm at like 15 or 16 right now. And I can't do that intermittent fast. I have to keep my furnaces fired. 
I have to keep my food going. I have to be on track on what I'm eating and how I'm working out and all that. And we get to 12 and I can start to figure out how to keep it at 12 and then work in a day of IF once a week is my, is my long-term goal. Cause I do think the health benefits are, are undeniable. Um, so that is sort of what kicked it in gear was you're changing your relationship with food, I guess, removing the snacking, removing the, the constant availability, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, dude, man, you know, it's, it's a curse of having a little bit of money and being a little successful in life is you can afford to go to the grocery store whenever you want and you can afford to buy stuff and you can afford to buy foods. And, you know, one of the other secrets, I think it was, was Dennis Mangan that said this, um, you shop on the, on, if you're shopping on the inside aisles of the grocery store, you're screwing up. You need to spend your money on the outside of the grocery store, the perimeter, fruits and vegetables, meats, dairy, you know, eggs, all that stuff is on the outside walls of your supermarket. And if you spend most of your money on those outside walls, um, you're going to be healthier. If you avoid all that processed stuff in the middle of the store, which is the big profit, big profit centers, man. You know, and then anything that contains wheat and all those things, you got sugars, you got to, you just got to try to figure out how to get them out of your life. And luckily my, my wife got on board when I got on board and she's eating healthy and she's cooking healthy. And it really does help to have a partner that is um, in, in your own home trying to make it happen as well, because that way, you know, you're, you know, you're preparing healthy meals with each other and you're barbecuing more and that kind of thing. So basically, if it can go bad, it's good when it comes to food. Uh, good yeah. food goes bad. So to follow that up, people are going to say, all right, you know, I, I need to look at my diet. I need to either restrict the calories to a certain time frame or restrict them throughout the day, you know, hitting certain goals. What about training? Was it was it high cardio? Was it weightlifting? You know, <laughs> people are going to ask, you know, they, they don't need to be handheld, but they're just looking for some sort of template. And I think from my experience, you know, just a, a sort of bullet point, like, all right, here you go. Intermittent fasting work for you. They can try whatever next insert mm -hmm. X. What is X? Is it long walks on the fucking beach <laughs> or is it, you know, hitting the weights as hard as you can CrossFit style or somewhere in between. At my age, you're not setting personal records. At least I'm not, I got too many injuries. I mean, I got a total knee replacement. The other knee ain't that great. I got a bad low back. I got a torn bicep tendon in my left shoulder. Um, you know, there's some of these things I can't do. Um, low amounts of weights, high amount of reps is, is key at my age. Um, and this is something that, like I said, Phil helped me with a workout. I never had a workout plan. I mean, I've looked at them. I bought a few and I never really understood them that well or stuck with them. Um, yeah, lifting weights hard three days a week and doing a lot of cardio along the way as well. And then on those, you know, basically I'm working out six days a week and take a day off. And then, um, if I go on vacation, I go on vacation, you know, I eat what I want to eat. You know, the other thing was not, not drinking. Um, you know, you can, you can either drink or you can lose weight. You got to pick one. You can't do both. And that's the other thing when I, I'd learned when I was plateauing on the intermittent fasting is I was still drinking. I was still drinking Guinnesses, man. Love my Guinness, but uh, I don't drink Guinness much anymore. If I do, it's a very, very special occasion. And it's a very limited time frame that I'm ever going to, I drink. And I, and the thing is, is that I used to wonder, am I an alcoholic? Cause I drank all the time. And now I think, I don't think I am because when I decided it was time to lose weight and get after it a year ago, I was like, okay, I can't drink anymore. Or at least I can't drink. Now I can drink on Thanksgiving. I'm drinking on Christmas 
In fact, Thanksgiving, Christmas, I'm going to blow it out and eat all I can. That was part of my plan. That was that was prescribed in my in my weight loss plan was to blow it out on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Have a good time. Enjoy your family. Have some wine. Have some Guinness. Whatever. Get back after it. You know, it's okay. You've worked hard. You've earned. Your your wife goes and makes a couple of dozen cookies. It's okay to have a couple. You know, as long as you're not having twelve every day for the next you know six weeks type of thing. Well, doesn't that go against everything that's out there though? You know, you have to make your training your identity. You've got to make your food your identity. What do you mean you ate at Thanksgiving? You know, your window is from, fuck, you're allowed 20 hours. If you go 19 and a half hours, you broke the whole system. You know, people get so stuck on these minute things that they don't have a health relationship with anything. They're so focused on making it their identity that, oh, I can't have a good Christmas. I can't eat at Thanksgiving. I can't have that piece of pie. I, I will always share this story. And I think you were there. When we were sitting around the table and, and all, all the guys weren't eating any pie and the two dudes at the table who had like <laughs> six pieces of pie each were the two most jacked dudes because they weren't trying to look like they were healthy. They were healthy. All of us are like, I don't need the pie. I am a healthy eating dude. And these dudes who are shredded are like, well, you're idiots. We actually are healthy. We're going to eat the pie, but we've accounted for it. And that's okay. We're not going to go on a bender because we had, you know, whatever the hell they had that night. It's, it's funny how people try to look healthy, but not be healthy. Two points. I was in the shower, taking a hot shower this morning, thinking about how much I enjoy a hot shower and how many fuckers out there are taking cold showers all the time. That's what they're supposed to do. <laughs> I can't get on the program, man. It's like, I, I it's, laugh. It's ridiculous. I make, I make good money. I, 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 I work my way up the evolutionary chain to where I can afford hot water. I enjoy it. Uh, the other thing was we were at one of the, one of the 21 count events. I can't remember which one it was. It was late, late at night. We're all sitting around the bar. The bar's about to close, probably 1.30 a.m. or something like that. And, uh, and I, I saw Tanner Guzzi walk by with a pint of ice cream and I've had a bunch of beers, right? I'm like, man, that ice cream looks good. But everybody's sitting around being all manly and shit and talking and having a good time and all that. So I disappeared over to the little gift store next door and I come back with this pint of ice cream and everybody's just looking at me <laughs> and, and starts giving me shit. Right. But I'm enjoying this ice cream. It's like Ben and Jerry, some, some, some liberal flavor of some sort. And, um, and next thing you know, I look around and Jimmy's got some ice cream. And then rugby's got some ice cream. And then <laughs> next thing you know, other girl, there's like nine or 10 guys and we're all scooping up ice cream sitting in the bar. I'm thinking to myself, you know, we're, we're, this is not, this is not the, uh, the prescribed manosphere weight loss plan at all, but everybody there's working hard, man. Everybody's there. So it's okay to have, to enjoy yourself every now and then you just can't get wrapped up in it every day. You know, reward yourself. I think that that is a huge part of this that is often overlooked is that you have to do the work, but it's okay to play. It's okay to have a good time. It's okay to have that, that cake. It just can't be every day. It has to be, you enjoy the dessert because it's a special treat. Something you have every day isn't special. It's an everyday occurrence. You take a shower every day. There's nothing special about your shower. If you couldn't shower for a month and you could only shower one day a month, yeah, that'd be a very special shower. You would enjoy it. Same thing comes with the snacks. You got to train, you got to work, you know, you earn them. And to that point in the ice cream, I was there for that. And it was like, you know how they show the models of like how Corona spreads to a group or like any virus. I was sitting there and it's like Tanner walked by. He's like, oh, you know, I'm finally done with my speeches. I can have some ice cream. I'm like, all right, cool. We're all sitting at the bar and then Tex and then the next guy. And I'm sitting there. I'm just watching pints of ice cream just appear or like little little the sandwiches just appear in people's hands. I'm like, what is happening? And anybody we're, we're in better shape than a majority of anybody that could walk by. Yeah. And we're all sitting around. Not we're all. I was the only dude not eating ice cream only because I didn't want the freaking ice cream, but you guys are chowing down. 
And I'm like, you still are in better shape than these guys will judge you for eating that. And it, it was so interesting there how people will perceive themselves with this air of confidence. Oh, I didn't have pie at Thanksgiving. And they'll overlook. Yeah, but you, you snuck a snack here. You had snacks there. You ate four meals today. Oh, you had a, a coffee that had a thousand calories in it, but you didn't have that pie. So you feel good about yourself. And there's this cognitive dissonance going on. And I want people to realize, like, stop making it a part of your identity as to how you eat food and how you train. Just be a healthy human being who does those things in the proper order. You'll see the weight fall off. You'll see the muscles grow. And then you go enjoy the pie. I recently text Phil. I was like, hey, man, I'm making all this bread and all these pizzas. I got to lay off that. He's like, no. He's like, those carbs are good. He's like, just have them at the right time and the right amount. He's like, go to town, eat it, but just have it properly. You know, eat it like an adult. Be responsible. Your food is fuel. It's not a carnival in your mouth every meal. Yeah, don't be that guy Thanksgiving dinner that doesn't eat anything because he's on a diet. Or it's okay to it's okay not to eat a bunch of shit. Okay, don't get me wrong. But if your wife or your mom or somebody has taken the time to prepare a beautiful meal with 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 love in their heart, and you sit there and you only you pick at it and you and you and you act like you're yeah, it's okay to be on a plan. It's okay. But also be part of be part of what's going on. Be part of the celebration. I mean, it's okay to eat that day. And what what the funny part was is that uh, this past Thanksgiving was like, yeah, just just load it up, man. As many places as you want, go for it. You've earned it. You worked hard to get here for this last month. Now you're here. Get it. and then after that first plate, you're going, oh man, I wish I hadn't eaten all that. You start feeling like crap. But what I'm saying is that if if somebody makes you something for Thanksgiving and they're trying really hard, I think it's an insult not to at least put some on your plate and push it around a little bit with your fork and make it look like you're eating it. Um, just kind of participate with your family. Don't, don't be that guy. Um, and that's why, but yeah, long-term it's, it's the compound effect, right? Um, you know, every, every day we're faced with a multitude, a multitude of really teeny tiny decisions, but they all are taking us to a certain spot. Um, if you want to get there, you just need to continue to make your progress in the direction that you're trying to hit. Uh, the old, the old fable, uh, Socrates was sitting by the road one day and a guy walked by and said, uh, Hey, Socrates, uh, how do I get to, uh, Mount Olympus? And he looked at him and he said, make sure every step you take is towards Mount Olympus. Okay. So every now and then I'm going to step off to one side, but I need to get back on my path to Mount Olympus. So it's a, it's a, it's a cumulative effect. I might not have a great day today. I might have added a few more carbs in my macros than I really wanted to today, but it doesn't mean I'm going to do it tomorrow. I get back on track tomorrow. And so you don't beat yourself up about it. It's also don't see, don't give yourself a pass either. Right. So there's this fine line where fat people go, Oh, uh, it's just a little bit of pie every day. That doesn't work, but Thanksgiving or whenever your girl makes you a dozen cookies, have a couple. She made them for you. She didn't make them just for just to sit there and put them in a plate, you know, um, participate in your family's activities and your family's meals. And once your wife gets on board and she sees that you're making changes, she's going to make changes. She's going to start cooking healthier. She's going to want everybody to eat healthier, including the kids, right? Who doesn't want your kids to eat healthy. If you, if you're, if you're allowing your kids to be fat and you're making excuses for them, then that's, that's a basically, you know, I, I get a lot of hate for this. That's child abuse, man. Because what you're doing is you're setting them up for failure in life when they don't have to be. Because right now you have control over what goes in their mouths, 
right now. And if you don't teach them good, healthy eating habits now, you're setting them up for failure. And why would you want your kids to fail unless that makes you feel better about you because you're fat too. And so you, it's okay. You know, come, come to the fat mom because she's going to, you know, put your, your ear on her big fat breast and she's going to feed you ding dongs and all that to make you feel better about yourself. Um, that's not what kids need. So I'm, I'm really ranting at this point and going off on deep end, by the way, it's really hard to keep a pipe lit when you're talking too much. That's a sign that, uh, I need to, shut up and let you talk more you know stick to cigars brother i'm not at that point maybe when i hit the gray wave when i'm included in the club i'll grab the pipe until then it's not happening <laughs> so i want to give a shout out i want to give a shout out to at billy Redhorse, at heinz dm at mangan 150 and at jeff godwin those are the gents that were included in the tweet that sort of led into this discussion you know we were talking about having this chat prior to but it, the timing was serendipitous i think is the word i'm looking for it's good to see gentlemen like that and all those who were in the chat that were throwing, you know, including themselves into that gray wave. Text for anybody that wants to talk to you about supplementation, about training, about getting themselves started, or where they can find more of your message, where can they do that? Um, I'm pretty easy to find on Twitter at Texas Dom one T E X A S D O M the numeral one. Uh, I have my DMs are always open. I ain't that I ain't that popular. Okay. Um, I answer everybody that, that reaches out to me. So um, uh, if you have a question, email me, uh, texasdom1 at gmail, pretty for straightforward. Um, I've got a website, a blog, which I started on as a fluke and has turned out to be a, a real joy, um, texasdom.com. Pretty consistent on that stuff. So pretty much anywhere on social media, you'll find me at texasdom1. Um, and then like I said, the blogs there too. Uh, FOE. Uh, I spend, I have guys say, Oh, you know, I'd like to pay you to mentor me. And da, 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 da. I, don't have t- I don't have a time to do paid coaching and all that. Cause I think if you're going to do that right, you really have to give people your time. And I don't have it right now. I'm still working. Um, I spend a lot of time at, uh, at, on, on these, you know, private men's communities, especially FOE, because that's where I, I do, I get so much out of it, right? I mean, this is a selfish thing. I act like I'm saving the world. I'm, I'm, I'm getting more out of it than I'm giving, which is uh, the, the really that's the reality of it all. And I think every guy out there would say that that's part of, part of FOE. Um, it's just one of those things. That's where I that's where I interact with guys the most. And I've said this in a couple of blogs. I said if you want to interact with me on a daily basis, join FOE. Yeah, there's a paywall there um, because you know we don't want every every jerk off joining and coming in and, and raising hell and then leaving. And I've seen too many free forums in the past that, you know, guys come in and just create shit storms because that's who they are. Um, guys that invest a little money in themselves every month or buy a year membership or whatever tend to be a little more serious in what they do. And so that's kind of where I do what I do. You know, I spend a lot of time there, probably too much time there. My girl's like, are you on a zoom again? I'm like, yeah, I am. She goes, do I have to get a Zoom with you, sir, <laughs> to get your time tonight? I'll you. Like, we, we got Zooms <laughs> just about every night of the week, right? If you, I can't participate in all of them, but, uh, man, I, I tell you what, there's no lack of things to do, and there's no lack of improvement going on there. So that's that's where I'd say go. I mean, it's not meant to be an FOE commercial, but it, it's working. It's three years in, in the making. And uh, the guys there, their lives are changing. That guy posts his uh, a shirtless photo. He says, first time I posted a shirtless photo in 30 years ever basically. And he's like, I still got a long ways to go. 
but this is where I'm at. This is where I was, and this is where I'm at right now. And he's not looking for pats on the back. He's just saying, this is accountability, man. This is my receipt. This is document. I told you guys I was working hard this last year. This is, this is the result I've got. I'm not done yet, but I'm just posting because I want to. And uh, it, it's very, it's very, um, it takes a lot of courage to do that. You put yourself out there. But there's not a one guy in that group that would ever cut you down for anything. They might joke around a little bit on some stuff, but never anything that's, that's important. Um, you know, they got each other's backs. I mean, if you're going to be in a foxhole, you want to surround yourself with some badass sons of bitches. And that's what I've got. Thanks to the internet. Thanks to Twitter. Thanks to these private men's communities. I have guys that have my back. I got real friends, even though they're electronic and I don't meet them, but maybe once or twice a year, get to see them in person. But these are guys that if I needed some, some help, I got 10 guys on an airplane. If I, if my shit was really messed up right now and I sent out a 911, I'd have guys flying in. If you can't say that, if you don't have people in your own community near next door nearby that would drop what they're doing at two in the morning and come over to save your butt, um, rethink where you're doing, rethink where you're spending your time. Whether it's inside FOE, whether it's a DM or an email, you know, put that ego aside. Like Tech said, it'll take some courage. But once you once you have the courage to do that, to put that aside and say, hey, I need some help, that's when you can start the process. For men that are young, it's never too early to start. For men that are older, it's never too late to start. You know, you can course correct at any point. You just have to have the intestinal fortitude to say, I want to change. I'm going to change. And then sticking to that change. Tex, thank you for your time and thank you for coming on the podcast. I'm honored to be here. For everybody who tuned in, the links are all below. This has been another episode on the Family Alpha Podcast. Thanks for listening. You can join our private men's only community at thefraternityofexcellence.com. And don't forget to find Zach on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Zach Small underscore.